0: I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform. And I'd actually been looking around and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter, user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to. Uh, to edit and everything. So you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later. So hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, Also, they distribute your podcast for you. So it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that. And you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out of the catch wrestling Alliance. Um, I'm here to help keep real wrestling alive. That's always been our goal. And so I really appreciate everyone's support in helping me and all the people that I work with to keep real wrestling alive. Um, So we have a really interesting story. But let's go ahead and get some um, uh, let's get some like announcements out of the way. So uh, you might have seen on our social media that uh, I will be starting to teach at Ucla so i, I, I currently teach at fight science mma so uh, that shouldn't change because it's a totally different time than the ucla class so uh, the ucla class will be at the, held at the john Wooden Center on campus and that should be uh, monday wednesday around like five i think on i think on uh, oh, five or six. Yeah, so that's the thing. So I think on Monday it's like six p.m. and then on Wednesday it's at five p.m. For some reason they they switched it up like that, where because they want me to teach two classes, so they want me to teach uh, catch wrestling, and then sanda. So that's Chinese kickboxing, but they they don't keep the time the same. So it's like on Monday I'll teach sanda at five and then catch wrestling at six, and then Wednesday. I believe it's Catch Wrestling at five and then Sanda at six. So anyway, with that being said, uh, people are already asking. Um, yes, you do have to be a member of their gym. Right. So that means it's open to the public. Right. So you can join the gym. It should be cheaper than joining like any other kind of uh, like a workout gym pretty much anywhere in Los Angeles uh, because it's a public university so it should be cheaper and then you can register for the class and so that's how that works right so that's gonna be starting next month uh, at the John Wooden Center at UCLA on UCLA campus Um, so hopefully uh, if anybody's around you can totally join and uh, and it'd be great to meet you Um, so yeah if you have any questions go ahead and uh, ask in the in the chat and all that and then we'll try to um i'll try to answer all your questions okay so um catch wrestling just destroys everybody in the in the gym or like in the what's it called on the street right so (laughs) let's go and try to pull this up here so it was brought to my attention by, uh, actually Robbie Burroughs. So he's one of our big fans. He's a huge fan of authentic catch wrestling. He, um, he, he actually, I've, I've, brought him on, uh, to interview him, uh, because he's kind of like an amateur historian, an amateur catch wrestling historian. He lives in England. And, um, I really appreciate him. Like, uh, give, you know, give, uh, he sent me this video. It, it's already about it year old. It's from Uma Fight Camp. So they are a channel here on YouTube. So if anybody's watching on Twitch or whatever, just said, uh, I'm going to put the link in the show notes to their YouTube channel. Uh, so this is a, a martial artist who uh, has a lot of really cool commentary and a really cool perspective. And so on his channel, he has uh, a, lot of, a lot of talks, kind of similar to what I do, but um he talks about different martial arts and so in one case i think he gets it right so in one video that was uh, that robbie sent to me he talks about fighting on the street and who would win between wrestling and brazilian jiu-jitsu and what's really cool is like he talks about uh or he, he knows that there's a difference between amateur wrestling so the scholastic or like what we call like the folk style and freestyle and catch wrestling so might as well share the first clip i got two clips for you okay so here we go clip number one from umad uh, Uma fight camp
1: bjj and wrestling and understand i'm not talking about catch wrestling i'm talking about collegiate wrestling academic wrestling high school college Right. I'm not talking about catch wrestling, catch wrestling and BJJ heads up. You know, they go at each other. Hard to say who would win. OK, I would take catch wrestling in that case. All right. Why? Because it cut out a lot of wasted motion. OK, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the wrestling that wrestlers have in the cage. OK, wrestlers, the collegiate wrestling. OK, who wins in a street fight? BJJ and wrestling.
0: All right. So. He are, so it shows that he already knows the difference right So there is a, a huge difference even though scholastic or we call what we call folk style the, the style that is done here. So for people here in the United States where I live right so, uh, so there are many people who you know live in other countries and it's kind of funny <laughs> in one of our events we had a Canadian and I think they were one of them was interviewed. Um, you know, after their match and um, they the, they, they, seem or they, they tried to act like they knew what folk style was. But uh, by, based off what they were saying, it's like it's obvious that they didn't realize there's actually something different. And uh, so, yeah, like basically um, uh, this is pretty much the, the United States is the only country that really does folk style. Um, and the rest of the world does freestyle because that's what's in the Olympics. And but anyway, they both come from catch wrestling, so their their roots are in catch wrestling. But over the decades, so now it's going to be about a century, right? But basically, over the many decades, um, they've like gone further and further away from their catch wrestling roots. So you know, submission holds are barred, and even in um, some of the earlier pictures of the collegiate uh, folk style wrestling or the collegiate wrestling, uh, you see you see them still using the double wrist lock and um, other wrestling holds or catch wrestling holds um, that are now deemed like, you know, too dangerous or whatever. So, so there's that. And then um, let's go ahead and get back to the second clip from Uma fight camp um, where he kind of, where he, his, his discussion in that video uh, is that like what would win in a fight, whether it's uh, wrestling or jujitsu. So let's go ahead and, see his reasons why or what he chooses and his reasons why
1: hypothetically they don't know how to strike like some fantasy thing they just don't know how to strike period but there are no rules then you know what i'm talking about that's what i'm talking about in the street a street fight neither one knows how to strike at all they don't know what it means to strike they can't punch for some reason they just can't all right some fantasy fight if all a person has is bjj and all the person has is collegiate wrestling or academic wrestling, what you see in high school and college, BJJ wins. BJJ wins. The reason is this. The things that wrestling is strong in, that makes a king in a cage, would not suffice in the street. I'm going to repeat. The things that that makes wrestling king of the cage, right? and compliments punching would not, it makes the king of the cage against grappling, against uh, BJJ, would not suffice in the street, would not be enough in the street. If there is no punching whatsoever, neither one knows how to punch, but it is a fight to the death. On the average, BJJ would win. Reason being is because while wrestling uh, knows how to pin, wrestling drives through, for the for takedowns and their takedowns will always be superior to BJJ no-gi will always be even superior to judo in some ways no-gi maybe out of the 11 or so takedowns of Kodogan judo I would say no-gi four of them are best okay some of the other ones kind of uh, compromise your own positioning in a street fight however when we talk about BJJ and collegiate wrestling, NCAA wrestling type, okay freestyle wrestling, BJJ wins because as I've said, uh, wrestling, skills of pinning, skills of ride, skills of riding, takedowns, um, no chokes. no chokes, no breakings, not taught to break your limbs, not taught to choke, not taught to strangle okay because of that, BJJ would win, in my opinion, a fight to the death against the average wrestler of the same experience.
0: All right. Okay. So, did you hear that fight to the death? Um, and I, I agree. And I think this is one of the things that we've been talking about uh, over many of the live streams where, um, you know, we do have this difference, right? So, catch wrestling does have submission holds. Um, they do have chokes, right? So, uh, but it was just one of the things that was not done in professional catch wrestling. But it was everyone was aware of it. You know, there's all these old pictures, uh, and the thing is, it's kind of funny because like people they try to say like, oh, uh, chokes um, are you know like they're think they're trying to make it seem like uh, the chokes were never barred, and uh, even though like all the old timers. Uh, they don't do it. There's like a big uh, interview with Earl Caddick, uh, uh, a world champion catch wrestler talking about like if he sees Well, while he was training um, soldiers when he was in the army, uh, they had him train soldiers uh, and he said the way to tell if someone is a novice at grappling is if they're trying to choke someone. Um, so it just shows that, you know, we do know all these types of techniques uh, and, but there's, there's more, there's more to, to submitting someone or controlling someone than just choking them. But going back to what was said on the Uma Fight Camp video is that, um, there, there's all these things that are in, uh, wrestling, or at least you, we can think like, um, all the things that he mentions about being in wrestling that make how he said, it, what, what makes wrestling the king of MMA with all the riding and all the, the pinning and stuff like that. All those great things are also in catch wrestling. But so then, the other point that he makes in his video is that beyond that, so in a street fight, that might not exactly uh, get you the win, you know, if you don't have that extra knowledge of the submission holds, right? So uh, I totally agree with that point, uh, especially if you're if someone's really attacking you and, you know, maybe fighting to the death, like how he says, or someone's really attacking you. Uh, a lot of times it, the legal or it, it, in these types of self-defense situations, a lot of times it's someone uh, you might know, right, or someone who really hates you. So then they're they're really trying to kill you because a lot of times, like uh, someone who's just like trying to rob you or someone, uh, something like that, they, they don't care that much. They would just want to an easy target, right? So someone's really fighting to the death and they really are trying to kill you. You might have to uh, submit them, you know, break a limb or something like that. Um, uh, so just just pinning someone, and this is I, I kind of feel this way about arm bars, right? <laughs> I think you'd definitely have to follow through with breaking the arm. You know, someone's not gonna tap out in a real fight, but anyway, you would, you would have to have that knowledge. So if you just pin somebody, um you might not be able to uh you know keep them from like biting you or scratching you or whatever uh, the other caveat that uma fight camp puts in there is the the whole thing about like you know if it's kind of like the average grappler where it le- the average high level grappler right they really are proficient in their arts um but so they put all this time into their grappling art but not much time into striking That's kind of what he's talking about it's like they don't really uh actually you kind of see it a lot in mma where it's like uh you you see, kind of this rudimentary uh, uh, striking or rudimentary ability with striking, um, and that's kind of what he's talking about. So, like, if you take that person where their 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 main specialty is grappling, and put them in a fight to the death, where they have rudimentary striking, uh, the catch wrestler should be able to come out on top. And I believe he mentions where he he feels that um, the catch wrestling cuts out. uh, Hopefully I think that was the hopefully that was in the first clip. Because he says in that video that he feels that catch wrestling would get the edge, because it takes out a lot of this uh, extra movements that he feels are in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or in Jiu Jitsu. So um, he would give the edge to the catch wrestler. And then he has to clarify that when he talks about wrestling, uh, then he's talking about the freestyle and folk style. Right, so I think that that's the unfortunate thing about wrestling because it's like it's been so like like the kids version, right? The freestyle folk style or the amateur version or whatever has been so elevated because of the absence of like its parent, right? <laughs> so it's like the parent is there and then uh, the kid, the parent got removed because of um, for many reasons, but also uh, professional wrestling, like the 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 version that we have now of professional wrestling, the performance uh version uh that that overshadowed or at least people think that that is the professional version uh whereas back in the day in the heyday of catch wrestling the professional version was a real contest right so um so then without without the parent there then these other ones uh, arose in prominence but also too because folk style i mean because freestyle is in the olympics so then a lot of people around the world since around the world they do freestyle uh, people want to win that gold medal, uh, or at least they want to compete for it. So then they're willing to abide by whatever rule set is in place. And then over the years, you know, these these rule sets, um, you know, make or they, they make the, the style evolve away from the original version. So further and further away from the original version. Yeah, so... Let's see. Oh, we got a lot of comments. Oh, Marcus James, literally on my way to catch class at Wigan now. Oh, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I really miss Coach Roy Wood. Hopefully he's there. Um, yeah, I think uh, some of those people would would know me, even though it's been a few years since I'd been back. Um, I think I've met a bunch of them, though, already. All right, Tito Bandito the eagle knows what's really good it was a good old-fashioned neck crank same used on the livestock or life or death situations fish hook and call it a day (laughs) Uh, yeah actually that was one of the things our uh, three-quarter nelson is considered something that was used to uh, bring down like a horse like if they needed to be examined by the the veterinarian so you can use that three-quarter nelson hold and Bring down a Like a human can bring down a horse to make it lie down on its side so uh, the doctor can examine it. So that, that's the way the story goes. <laughs> but it seems really possible because you, you actually get really good leverage with the three-quarter Nelson. Uh, Tito Bandito. BJJ does not exist. Grappling is grappling. The guy was splitting hairs and has no idea uh, what he's talking about on average equates to regurgitated public opinion. There is no one style. Um, I don't know. I don't think grappling is grappling. That's why we have these different styles. We have these different names. Uh, We have folk style, which again is, and freestyle. So this is is the point here where it's like, um, you have these styles that are, are so far into sport that they and and they can be they can they can make you successful in an MMA situation. Right. But what Uma fight camp was talking about is um, in a fight to the death right, or a street fight, right. So uh, when you have a lot of the pinning or at least like the wrestling principles, and then you have um, the submissions on top of that, then that is the winning combination. So we so grappling is not just grappling, is not all grappling. And this is the unfortunate thing, because we're trying to talk about like, keep real wrestling alive. Well, there is a real style to catch wrestling. And then um, so you can't just say that, like, oh, just grappling is grappling then, uh, then, like, then, like, there's no difference right in these styles, which there is Uh tactical casey. All right. I think catch wrestling has a serious edge on the street, because at least in my opinion, there is there is little about a catch wrestling game plan that needs to be heavily adapted to an edged weapon scenario, right? So tactical Casey um, actually works a lot with um, like uh, self defense in Canada. So um, tactical Casey uh, would definitely be uh, uh, someone who like who's thought about this a lot, basically. So. Um, I totally agree. And and I think this is the point of the original video where um, uh, from Uma fight camp where uh, they're, they're talking about a street fight, right? So, again, you don't necessarily want to be on your back. Because if you know, if you're on pavement, uh, you know, like, it's, it's not the the best place to be, especially even if you have the rudimentary striking that Uma fight camp was talking about. Um, so, like, you don't, you don't want these hammer fists raining down from on top of you, right? If your head is, uh, a, you know, like, just above the, the pavement. And this is one of the things they're talking about with regards to uh, brain damage in MMA, where it's like, since, and this was a difference. So, supposedly, in boxing and kickboxing, you get less brain damage than in MMA because, at least while you're standing and you get dazed, right, by a hit, or say or say if you get you know really strong hit to your face, your face goes backwards, right? And it doesn't hit anything because it's just air, right? Just air behind you. But in MMA, if you get knocked down and then someone's hammer fisting your face, then not only do you get the initial hit in front of your face, then your head goes back, right? And actually I have the wall behind me, right? So you get that two hits. You get one hit, and then you get the second hit. All right. So this is what they're talking about. You get a it's a twofer, right? <laughs> so so uh, this is kind of what they're talking about. Um, with regards to the whole street fight thing. So even if there's like a rudimentary striking ability for both, you don't necessarily want to be the person receiving rudimentary striking from, from someone who's on top of you and keeping you, uh, pinned down. Um, but then, so then he, what he's, what Uma Fight Camp is talking about is that, uh, if you are in that kind of situation against an amateur wrestler, and you are a very skilled jiu-jitsu practitioner, you can probably still submit that person, right? So that would give you the, ultimately the edge over that person in a street fight because you can find a way to uh, get the submission anyway. And this is one of the things, actually, I think we talked about it uh, last week where, and so at the the 10th Planet affiliate that I train at, uh, I, I think last week I talked about where it's like, I feel sad when, <laughs> when some of them talk about like, uh, or when i hear someone talk about like oh this wrestler guy came in and rolled rolled with us and then you know i was still able to submit them and it was, and it was like a maybe like a blue belt guy talking about that where it's like he still fell into my rubber guard or something there's one of the, <laughs> one of the things i've heard but it's like it's like uh it's sad but i think that it, it proves the point so that um you know and we have you know plenty of great um amateur wrestlers who wrestled you know for many years and uh, you know getting submitted and we have this uh, i think we talked about it even a few like maybe a month ago where flow grappling had a a mini documentary that they came out where they document all the times that they've had events where they brought in some high profile amateur wrestler and like they get submitted so quick all right so it's Wrestling is great, but there's like the... So the amateur... I wish we had still had that distinction, right? So we can just call it amateur wrestling, fantastic, right? Uh, But they're not cognizant of the submission holds, right? So it leaves them vulnerable. And I think that was the point from UMA Fight Camp. Um, So hopefully uh, people kind of start discovering those differences because they're important, right? And that's what makes... A style of a style so not all grappling is grappling because you, you're you not learning all the same things you're not learning the same the curriculum right all right the lurker thankfully my bjj school is not sport oriented if anything does come up that is sport oriented it is called out and we get warnings of it in street applications okay yeah that's cool that sounds good that you always uh, you always want to remain cognizant of different things you can do um, yeah I mean so yeah uh, does your school do like regular like ibjjf uh, tournaments or um, is there anything what kind of do you guys compete though because I think I think competition is still pretty good like i I still did you know like uh, like even last time I was in Singapore I, I did a uh, a nogi IBjjf rules competition um, so you can kind of adapt you know um, but you know just for fun because you can kind of keep the the rolling going or you can roll for a long time. Um, yeah so I'm, I'm interested in that um, because yeah even in catch wrestling you know you can kind of um, I think the it's kind of funny because the, the the sport itself or like the the style itself, is kind of a pretty rough sport where it's like you can totally neck crank and do all these other submissions that uh, tend to be uh, barred, at least for uh, for the lower belts. Uh, leg locks are becoming more and more uh, like uh, allowed or more and more legal in especially in nogi. Um, but at least in catch wrestling, um, I think when you go up against a, a better wrestler or a bet, you know, someone who's more experience in catch wrestling, then you can the match can last longer. Just like the historic matches where they, you know, like it's really the best in the world going up against the best in the world, right? So then those matches um uh, would last about an hour or so. So or or longer, right? So that that sometimes when they're equally matched and they're both high level, then that's when stuff like that can occur. But also too, because of the 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 rule where there's no time limit then uh, you can use the tactic of trying to wear down your opponent uh so that they um so they can eventually become easier to move or easier to maneuver right because uh you've you've fatigued them right okay the lurker responded right so sometimes sometimes but not a fan of ibjjf and some of its rules Yeah. So IBJJF in particular is like one of the most respected jujitsu organizations in the world, but yeah, they have a lot of rules and crazy ways to win or crazy ways to ensure that someone does win. So like, even if someone, even if the score is tied, if someone gets what's called an advantage, so maybe they're in a position that wouldn't necessarily get points. Uh, If, the if the referee or whatever if, if whoever, whoever scoring it thinks that the the one person was still in a little bit more of an advantageous position, then they can get what's called an advantage. And so even though at the end of the match the score is tied, then someone can still win by advantage. Robot jocks, you should do videos for your pro wrestling WWE fans about how to defend yourself with a folding chair yeah I think uh that that'll be our next our next uh our next instructional video I mean that'll be our our next video course that we we put out or that we add to the advanced uh catch wrestling curriculum right <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing so um even nowadays where it's like people if this this hasn't only been my experience, but a lot of people when they a lot of people have said that when they talk to people about uh, like oh, I do wrestling. Then one of the first things people think about is folding chairs, right? Or you know stuff like that, falling through the the table or falling off the the ladder to try to win that what is it the the briefcase full of money or whatever. So, um, so that that was one of my points where it's like you have the parent style completely being replaced by something that is not it, even though there's some aspects, right? And then you have these, the children's styles, you know, really gaining in popularity. And so then you get people thinking that, oh, real wrestling is 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 not the WWE, but it, it's these other styles, these which were considered amateur styles. And, um, you know, they, they don't have the submission holds. Uh, but people re- heavily invest a lot of time. You know, you can get scholarship to, you know, some of our greatest schools right some of these ivy league schools like was it cornell stanford and whatnot so um um you know it's like you know why not try right if you if you like grappling why not try to get one of the one of the you know one of the scholarships to a great school because you know hey why not right um yeah okay so technical casey Toll holds with a folding chair advanced cloth <laughs> yeah thank you casey so yeah um yeah i think maybe that that's that's the next video I'll, I'll write that down i'll make sure to write that down and then we'll make sure to put that all over uh youtube and TikTok and everywhere right so and and our instagram right um yeah so anyway let me know more of your thoughts about the the videos here. I think maybe we can go ahead and just do a little recap for people who might just be joining now. So, uh, there's been a. Uh, it was actually an older video. I think I think it's about a year old, where uh, the person at Uma Fight Camp talks about who would win in a street fight between Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and wrestling, uh, amateur wrestling. And he, what was really cool, is that he made the distinction that he's not talking about catch wrestling because catch wrestling would win, right? But against jiu-jitsu, against amateur wrestling, he believes that uh, amateur, I mean, he believes that jiu-jitsu would win. So let's go ahead and uh, run that clip again here.
1: BJJ and wrestling. And understand, I'm not talking about catch wrestling. I'm talking about collegiate wrestling, academic wrestling, high school, college, right? I'm not talking about catch wrestling. Catch wrestling and BJJ, heads up, You know, they go at each other, hard to say who would win, okay? I would take catch wrestling in that case, all right? Why? Because they cut out a lot of wasted motion, okay? But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the wrestling that wrestlers have in the cage, okay? Wrestlers, the collegiate wrestling, okay? Who wins in a street fight, BJJ and wrestling, all right?
0: Yeah, so I'm glad he makes that distinction. So it shows that he has a good understanding of martial arts and grappling in particular. Um, and it's really cool that he gives us the edge, right? So, um, But that's the thing. I think, oh, yes, yes. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up. So I think I did a, a screen grab of it. Because under that video, of course, there's a lot of comments. Let me see if I did a screen grab, a screenshot. Because someone commented, and then he replied. Oh, let me see where it is. Is catch wrestling better than BJJ in a street fight? So this this is the comments under that video in particular that I'm that I'm showing you clips from. He says all grappling arts have fat, like quote unquote fat, that needs to be trimmed. Some catch moves are show moves that are not functional. So he gets it. Right? i feel like he really understands the situation here where i talk about Lynn. then we have the parent style and then we have the show style that pretty much just dominated and basically eradicated the original parent style and then we have the olympics which elevated the amateur style so then the parent style right is almost completely extinct right so and this is so I really like that he mentioned like some catch moves are show moves that are not functional, right? So a lot of times what you might be seeing randomly around the internet where someone's saying like, oh, here's a catch wrestling move and it's some, it's a show hold, right? I don't, I don't want to say anything more than that because like Uma Fight Camp says it pretty clear. Some catch moves are show moves, quote unquote show moves that are not functional. We call them show holds. Right, so show holds. Um, So stuff that might look cool in the show, right, but wouldn't necessarily win you a real competitive match, right? So that's what we're talking about. And I'm glad that Uma Fight Camp knows about that. Unfortunately, before um, I just saw this video yesterday, so I, I didn't get a chance to reach out to Uma Fight Camp to discuss it. But let's go ahead and show you or play for you his reason, his rationale
1: hypothetically, they don't know how to strike, like some fantasy thing. They just don't know how to strike, period. But there are no rules, then you know what I'm talking about. And that's what I'm talking about. In the street, a street fight, neither one knows how to strike at all. They know, know what it means to strike. They can't punch for some reason. They just can't, all right? Some fantasy fight. If all the person has is BJJ, and all the person has is collegiate wrestling or academic wrestling, what you see in high school and college, BJJ wins, BJJ wins. The reason is this, the things that wrestling is strong in that makes a king in a cage would not suffice in the street. I'm gonna repeat. The things that, wrest- that makes wrestling king of the cage, right, and compliments punching would not, it makes a king of the cage against grappling, against uh, BJJ, would not suffice in the street, would not be enough in the street. If there is no punching whatsoever, neither one knows how to punch, but it is a fight to the death. On the average, BJJ would win. Reason being is because while wrestling pin, uh, knows how to pin, wrestling drives through for, the, for takedowns, and their takedowns will always be superior to BJJ, no gi. Will always be even superior to judo in some ways, no gi. Maybe out of the 11 or so takedowns of Kodogan Judo, I would say no gi, four of them are best, okay? Some of the other ones kind of uh, compromise your own positioning in a street bike. Um However, when we talk about BJJ and collegiate wrestling, NCAA wrestling type, okay, freestyle wrestling, BJJ wins because as I've said, uh, wrestling, skills of pinning, Skills of ride, skills of riding, takedowns, um, no chokes. No chokes. No breakings. Not taught to break your limbs. Not taught to choke. Not taught to strangle. Okay? Because of that, BJJ would win, in my opinion, a fight to the death against the average wrestler of the same experience. And though
0: Alright. Okay, so hopefully his rationale, um, you know, made it so you guys can kind of understand that point of view. I think uh, it's, it's pretty. um, It's pretty straightforward. Tito Bandito sport versus street really just stop. You you can you can stop watching this. uh, Because this is there is a difference between uh, sports and street stuff. Because, again, um, uh, they were talking about like, uh, there, there is a lot of damage that can be, that can, you can incur, uh, even in MMA where we talked about like the, the two strikes, right? So if you, get, if you're on the bottom face up and you get punched in the face and your head goes back and hits the mat. So you still get, uh, that kind of like two impact, uh, damage to your brain, uh, that is amplified if it's, if you, if this happens on pavement Right, that's something that's less forgiving than the 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 like than the mat, right, or like the cage, right. So the cage floor, it's still matted, or it still gives a little bit, right. So um, these are different things that that are taken or that he took into consideration. And this is his hypothetical, all right. So again, this is his opinion, and uh, I'm glad he kind of feels really similar to. Um, to our opinions right so but the thing is so and this is the point that tactical casey brought up so catch wrestling in particular is easily translatable to self-defense situations so this is one of the reasons why originally it was one of the things that was taught to uh soldiers as well because you can easily add uh like, m- like weapons training to the style itself you know this catch wrestling start standing and has a lot of uh, uh, more sophisticated uh, standing techniques and, and whatnot. So that's, that's one of the things that or one of the advantages that uh, catch wrestling would have where it can translate even with where he talks about like uh, rudimentary striking, right? So even with rudimentary striking, you can still uh, take care of yourself, right? Or get a better, you should have an advantage right so um yeah shouldn't be so like the lurker talks about simple is better and yes that's quite that's that's the case right that is truly what what you want to be doing so a lot of times if you especially like you see it in all martial art styles where um like if you see this kind of elaborate multi-step kind of counter technique or whatever um I, i i kind of see it a lot in um like self-defense videos where it's like someone has a knife and then they do some a specific type of uh stab at someone and then there's like this multi-step counter to it so a lot of times those things aren't going to work especially and um you like if you get attacked because a lot of times uh that's it's like not going to be a um, like, like I said earlier, it's like sometimes it can be a crime of passion, someone that you know, just really hates you and wants to hurt you. And they're not necessarily going to come out like in a, like in a, was it like a movie where, oh, what was it uh, that one with, with Eric, was it Eric Bana and uh, it was like Troy or something where, um, was it Brad Pitt is outside the gates of Troy calling for Hector or whatever it says? Achilles is yelling for Hector. It's a lot of times fights aren't like that, right? <laughs> a lot of times things just happen suddenly or things escalate suddenly. Um, or you know, so anyway, so you're not going to be so prepared. A lot of times you're going to be scared, even if you are in a like, even though you practiced a lot, you spend a lot of time in the gym. So simple is better, and so. Practicing um, techniques for those types of situation uh, would be different from what you usually practice in the gym, where you know you just drill and whatnot. You can drill um, a lot of techniques for self-defense, and so usually those ones are kind of refining what's called like a gross motor response, right? So if someone uh, tries to stab you in the in the belly, right? A lot of times if if you see it coming you might react by like just kind of like moving a little bit so you refine these types of movements right so it might sound weird but um you're not necessarily going to have some refined kind of like oh i'm gonna block and eye gouge and do all these things uh, it might not happen because the the scenario might come up too suddenly for you to have some kind of sophisticated response right so um that's one of the things that's going on that uh, you really have to take into consideration you're not just going to be some some like killer all the time right so um yeah so and so that's why these types of this like the self-defense and what we call like street scenarios uh also have to be like practiced as well so that can be your response all right anybody else have other questions or uh, comments Ben Franklin, thank you for uh, gracing us with, you know, coming back through through time, right, to to grace us with your question, right. Let me go and plug in the. I forgot to plug in the computer here, so it's about to die. Okay. All right, Ben Franklin, how how you train is how you fight. That covers mentality and what you're prepared for. Uh, yes, but there's there's also um, You can also train knife fighting and and stuff like that. So so there's some details there. And even with guns and stuff that that can help you, can make you better prepared. Yes. Tito Bendito. You can't limit someone's skill set and then penalize them for not having the right skill set. The game is flawed from the start. The street has one rule put the other down sport wins trophies all right okay so then ben franklin oh i agree yeah there, there's some cool knife techniques and stuff um and also for guns and stuff so um, but again yeah gun you know like you have to uh, be close to the person to do any of these cool disarming techniques and stuff so um there's a lot that goes into that type of uh scenario where you you you're going to be scared and you actually kind of have to lure someone close to you with the with the guns and there there's different uh there's different things you you have to be prepared for right so which you know you're not going to be learning in your average even catch wrestling or uh, jujitsu class or collegiate wrestling class that, that's not the the goal of these types of uh, classes right so you, you it would be good to maybe take if, if you're interested in that type of thing um, it'd be good to maybe like, um, you know, spend the time to learn about that. Right. I'm sure that tactical Casey, uh, would be happy to show some stuff and, um, but also, yeah, there's, you know, depending on where you are, I mean, there's total, there, there should be, uh, some kinds of like self-defense training stuff that are maybe a little bit more advanced. If you feel, if you're already like a good, uh, higher, higher level, uh, martial artist, then, um, yeah, it would be good to maybe add some of these like uh, more sophisticated self-defense classes um, that are beyond just like kicking someone in the groin or whatever, or eye gouging and stuff. So, um, so that might be something to think about. So, uh, but that being said, I do feel like say like the striking version uh, that kind of gives you a little bit more of a wider, um, uh, like a like a better base. Right, to um, like to fight back or to add the self defense techniques um, is the Chinese kickboxing. It's called Sanda. So that's one of the other styles I teach. Um, so, so um, like th- these styles. So the catch wrestling and the Sanda. They they it's not just so like Sanda is not just striking only. Right, not just knees and kicks and punches and elbows. It also has a lot of takedowns a lot of clinch work and stuff like that. So same thing with catch wrestling. You start standing and has a lot of uh, even standing takedowns. And, you know, these different things that you if you take time to learn them, uh, you can be you can get that edge over your opponents, whether it be like even doing nogi competition or like how the the original point of the the video that I shared with you guys uh, talking about a a street fight, right? Uh, Between amateur wrestling and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu right so so there that's my point right uh tactical casey oh my god thank you for the shout out oh you're very welcome robot jocks what do you think about a catch wrestling gi um i would not think about that (laughs) because uh you know it's just not it's just not what we do Uh, i think someone was trying to do something like that right like they're trying to do gi competitions but it's like just just do jitsu ben franklin uh Sanda and kudo karate good luck finding that are pretty good either way the more tools you have in your toolbox the better correct correct yeah it's kind of yeah it's kind of weird but i i did run into this guy who was a, a kudo instructor from japan and he um because i was at this uh, I was teaching at this one jujitsu school many years ago and the guy uh, came uh, because he felt like the, the the black belt of that school was really good. So he wanted to spend time uh, you know, taking my class, but also spend time studying or like uh, improving his jujitsu skill. And but yeah, this guy came from Japan and he was like one of the like more well known guys. So I had a chance to not only meet him but spar with him and stuff too um so i would agree yeah it's a little bit more well-rounded so sim- along the lines of Sanda. so yeah i totally agree but yeah it's like if you, I, I think i met this person because i'm in los angeles so you know we get a lot of people coming here from around the world and that might not be the case where everyone else who who might be listening or watching this you know you might not live in a a place where it's considered like a martial arts hub. So, um, so good luck finding, like you said, like what Ben Franklin said, good luck finding that. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't mean that you can't. Actually, that is one of the good things about YouTube. You know, you can uh, at least find some videos to get some examples, right? Um, you know, at least you can kind of see it, seeing it happening and in real time, whether it be actually, hopefully, it can be like some cool. Um, like pro, some cool pro Sanda videos on, on my other channel, the uh, Kung Fu Culture. Um, I did put up some uh, pro matches, and I think there was one against like Sando versus uh, like shoot, whichever shoot one was like more sport or more, uh, not sport, but more kickboxing oriented. Uh, but then, yeah, there's a bunch against Muay Thai and like a few others, a few other kickboxing events. Um, so you can kind of see in see sanda in the wild, right? One one cool thing is that like the the coach, like one of the winningest coaches for sanda, he was my coach when I trained in China. So he ended up training a lot of the really cool uh, and a really popular, uh, more successful sanda fighters. And I was lucky enough to be trained, or at least to spend the summer training with him. So, um, oh, and yeah, and so, so there. <laughs> Right? Um, the other thing would be, so I just want to let you guys know, um, you know, feel free to keep asking questions or making comments. Um, Sanda is uh, so a golden slugger. Sanda is just Muay Thai without knees and elbows. Uh, not really, it actually has a wider variety of strikes and uh, grappling, right, which uh, Muay Thai has rudimentary uh, grappling, right? And so maybe they'll have some, some kick catching or whatever, but it's more rudimentary compared to Sanda. Um, so I uh, want to recap about uh, the whole the, the whole thing where it's like, I'm happy that Uma Fight Camp mentions catch wrestling and then gives the edge to catch wrestling in a street fight, especially against uh, jiu-jitsu and probably over amateur wrestling because of the whole presence of the wrestling aspects and the the submission aspects. Also, um, also I, I wanted to recap about the I'll be teaching at UCLA both Sonda and Catch Wrestling starting next month. All right. So if anybody is a if you happen to be a UCLA student, you're automatically have membership to the John Wooden Center. That's the gym on campus. But it's a public university so anybody can join that gym and then you'd be able to work out there. So that they have great equipment like cardio equipment weights you know, squat racks all that stuff it's really good um, and then you can join my class um, you can also uh, become a member of this channel you know um, you know at, I've been trying to put more videos uh, for everyone there at every tier level um, so that would be great to help out the channel uh, so we can keep uh, like doing events and you know hopefully we can be back doing events at UCLA because that's Our uh, first event was held there at UCLA. So hopefully we can uh, get back and do more there. Ben Franklin. You'd be surprised by how much a fight changes when certain things are taken out or added. Like headbutts. Wrestlers used a lot of headbutts in the guard in the older UFC stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. And And this is, I think more most or more most evident in uh, amateur wrestling where um a lot of these things that a lot of times are just called potentially dangerous right then once something is identified as potentially dangerous then it gets removed from a lot of the amateur wrestling rules um so then the game like the the focus changes so like the whole game changes right and so then it becomes or it evolves further and further away Uh, from the original version, right. So um, yeah, so I think that's a a good thing that Ben Franklin pointed out. Ben Franklin, (laughs) he's so wise, so wise. Thank you for uh, pointing that out. Um, And so yeah, even in uh, for MMA, things have changed. And um, I think I've mentioned him before. So the guy who coined the, the, the actual guy who coined the term MMA, his name is John Peretti. He talks about Um, how in order to make MMA become more mainstream or more accepted, he actually was the one that helped to create maybe what people might not like, but he, he helped make it more palatable by creating a lot of the rules and the, the proper gloves and the ring or like the round system that they have. So maybe people might not like that where it's like, you know, just let him go and, you know, have no time limit or whatever, but uh, John was saying that, um, in order to make it more palatable and more acceptable, you kind of had to make it more like resemble what people understand or like what the mainstream audience might understand. So, um, that's, that's kind of what, what, uh, what, what you're seeing or what you saw where it's like, it was more raw right? or like less rules at the, at the original events. And then now it's much more structured uh today robot jocks do you have a mixed catch and thunder class um well they're back to back so monday wednesday starting i believe at five so five and six o'clock so you can stay for both hours yeah so uh you know again everyone's welcome to join that gym Um, and um, then once you join then um then you know you would have to register. But I, I believe they have like a package where they have like grappling, a grappling package. So if you pay a small fee, then you can take all the grappling classes, which I think is pretty cool because you know they of course they have jiu-jitsu and all that. All right, let me look up. So Ben Franklin asked uh what John Peretti's last name is or how to spell it. Let me see if I I think it's just like Peretti, like P-E-R-E-T-T-I. Something. you know, it'd be the, I think it like the Italian, the Italian way you would spell it, Peretti. So, um, yeah, because he, he he wrote a book a few years ago. So I think it might be easy to do a, a search. Let's see, John Peretti. John Peretti, maybe do MMA. Yeah, John Peretti. He's, he's done a bunch of interviews. Yeah, so it's P-E-R-E-T-T-I. And he's done a lot of interviews uh, for On No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. He's like a regular guest. So he talks about uh, the old days in MMA. Um, he became the matchmaker for UFC. Yeah, P-E- oh, P-E-R-R-E-T-T-I. Wait. Yeah, P E R R. He's not really active on social media anymore since 2019. Hopefully, he's still alive. <laughs> but I haven't seen him post any. Yeah, because, uh, I would see him on social media, but I haven't seen him post anything in a while. But big pressure jujitsu. How much training have you done in Wigan? Well, I was part of the the first, uh, like we would say, the cohort. I was like part of the first group of people accepted into their training program when they started doing uh, catch wrestling again. And then I would go back every year for five years and train and compete uh, with them. And then I brought uh, Roy Wood over to the United States uh, to participate um, at our events here in Los Angeles and also in Iowa. And uh, he would do like special trainings with us here um, in our in our studio as well. So I think I've done a lot of training with them you know especially with roy wood uh also with uh billy robinson and so uh, you can find all that all that online all Right, ben franklin awesome thank you found him okay cool cool yeah he he uh, john pareto came out with a book and he, he kind of documents uh the the early days, but his interviews are pretty interesting too. Uh he's he's not really apologetic about his points of view uh on the old days because they, they I think they try to erase him from history because he's not necessarily the 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 nice I'm not saying the nicest, but he he exposes a lot of the the injustices or like the erroneous things that um that were done You know, not only like, you know, to the sport and all that. So, you know, it's something he loved too. So um, he helped helped build. Big pressure jujitsu. That's awesome. Much respect. Oh, thank you for watching. Um, You know, thanks for your support. Big pressure jujitsu. All right. So we're almost at an hour. So uh, let's go ahead and, you know, uh, maybe end it here. I really want to thank everyone for, uh, for, Ben Franklin yeah John pretty doesn't play nice with others he's very outspoken but ultimately you know it's like he he loves martial arts so um, that is obvious that's obvious all right (laughs) all right so let's go ahead and end it here Um, thank you very much you know consider becoming a member or if you want to if you're not near Los Angeles or Uh, South Carolina with John Strickland on American Hook Wrestling. You can join the Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy. That's on our website, the catchwrestlingalliance.com. You know, you can always join our online program. Um, So, or you can join, you can become a member of this channel. Um, We'd really appreciate it. And so thank you for helping us to keep real wrestling alive.